Welcome to the return slot of horror. A podcast set in the basement of a video store much like the one from your youth. A place where Mickey, Marika, and Michelangelo hang out after hours, talk about horror films, and can't seem to agree on much other than their love for the genre. So grab a drink, be careful on the stairs, and don't be the last one left in the basement at the end of the night. All right, everybody, I want to welcome you uh, to another installment of The Return Slot of. <laughs> Very well. Um, so it's uh, you got me, Mickey. That was there doing horror was Michelangelo and Marika. Yeah. And we're here to talk about the 1999 Sleepy Hollow, Tim Burton's film starring Christina Ricci and Johnny Depp and a slew of just great character actors, great British actors, just great actors all around. Uh, and uh, we're going to get into it as a part of our Halloween jamboree. But before we get too deep into the movie and... Um, the many Halloween, non-Halloween things about it. Uh, I want to go around. <laughs> and, <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that. I can't yes, wait. To that's kind of going to be the focus, I think. So I want to go around and see what are you guys drinking and uh, why? Michelangelo. Right, you know what? Yeah, let's start with me. Yes. Um, I am having uh, Jack Abbey's uh, Oktoberfest beer. Um, Ooh. I'm going I'm to. There we go. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is. One of the best, like, you know, sometimes an Oktoberfest can be, you know, it's a pretty basic beer, sure. right? Um, uh, it's sometimes they're a little too bitter, but Jack Abbey's makes like a uh, phenomenal Oktoberfest beer. And like when you drink it, I could just smell the leaves in the air and like feel pumpkins around me. It's, it's a great, refreshing, very drinkable beer that's not too heavy. Tis the season. Tis the season. Sir, what are you having this evening? Well, since we are doing a, um, what I would consider a, a goth film, I think I think there's a lot of goth in this. Christina Ricci was like the goth girl of the time. I went with one of the OGs, which means original gothsters, and I went with the uh, Edgar. This is an Edgar Allan Poe. Whoa! Um, a double IPA. Nice. That's awesome. I've never heard of that. The artwork is... Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's an eight percent beer, so drink responsible, people. Oh, Jesus, uh, you're gonna be wiped out. <laughs> Bullfrog Brewery. I know. I gotta be careful. I gotta slow it. Uh, it's Bullfrog Brewery. I'm not really sure. They're uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, so it's a local. Um, but yeah, very nice. cool. Very cool artwork. Again, the Edgar. So here's to some goth. I mean, you can never have enough goth in your life. Absolutely true. True. Okay. I bet you got some really good goth stories. Oh, Marika's got some good goth stories. Oh yeah, we'll get, we'll get to <laughs> All that. right, um, Rick, what are you drinking? <laughs> um, so today's recommended cocktail, which is usually some sort of invention, is called the Pickety Witch. 
Yay! Mm. And now as the, you know, the Very season nice. for, for fresh anything is ending, autumn is coming. You know, we're not going to get very many fresh things anymore. I thought I would make the best out of what's in my garden right now. So I picketed some basil. <laughs> and then I picketed some mint. <laughs> uh, which I muddled with a bit of simple syrup. Mixed that with some crystal skull vodka. Because crystal head vodka, sorry. just And that's purely an aesthetic choice. I don't. Have any penchant like in terms yes. of taste, flavor profiles, or whatever, but it comes in a skull bottle, so that had to happen. And some sparkling water, and to consume this beverage, since we are celebrating Halloween, I'm trying to integrate Halloween sweets. So I've made myself a Twizzler straw, and I'm going to be... Now, the, the beverage on its own is good. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go with the Twizzler straw, but I'm going to give it a go and I'll uh, I'll let you know how that goes. And let us know how, how when it when it starts to disintegrate. As the episode goes, let us know when it's well, like, okay, so the Twizzler fair, is done. I have, I have two backup Twizzlers for when this straw gets too gross. Are they oh, pre-strawed? Actually... Uh, have, you, have you prepped no, them? No, not for... yet. They're waiting. You should probably do that. Okay. Um, okay, I'm not going to lie. This is... I, I don't know if it's the cocktail that's good or the fact that I'm drinking it through a Twizzler, but this is pretty it's tasty. All that's all good. <laughs> Everything you said was good. I'm just going to put it out there. Listen, uh, Crystal Skull, did you say it was vodka, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Dan Aykroyd's vodka. Oh, it, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying, we're, like, we're not partial to any vodka, but we can be. We're open to it. If you want to sponsor yeah. us, we'll and take just, it. We'll take it. We are not we, we are not above taking sponsorships and only drinking your specific alcohol. I'll say I believe in all the things Dan Aykroyd believes in if he sends me some vodka. Absolutely. <laughs> um, by the way, real quick, when that when your when your bottle is empty, I saw mm -hmm. something really cool online today. Someone uh someone had made a terrarium out of the the crystal head oh, of cool. the bottle because the bottle's like really cool and it's like you should definitely keep it and do something with it you can't really put i mean you can put stuff in the hole but it's like a regular bottle hole it is but i, I imagine uh they did uh something similar to like uh what you do with a ship mm -hmm. you know you use some tweezers and stuff and like it looked really cool and i think you could probably make a really cool halloweeny type of terrarium that maybe isn't necessarily alive but like it is like a seasonal decoration, just my... I feel like I would just chuck some, like, Halloween, like, plastic bugs and dirt in there and be like, oh, this is going to look awesome. And then it would just look like absolute garbage. And then you have to throw it out because you can't get that <laughs> stuff back out anymore. Here's the challenge, Marika. I want a complete reproduction of the sleepy hollow town that Tim Burton built uh, yes. for his film in that skull. Yeah, that's, I'll be sure that's to do the that. challenge. Okay. Yeah, but okay. I want it done just like Tim Burton, where it's like the base is like thinner than the top, so that it has a certain, you know, from what angle you look at, it looks perfectly. Okay. So what do I get if I actually do this? Uh, our endearing love. Yeah. Okay. It's going in the recycling. <laughs> <laughs> so I already have your just, love. Whatever. Listen, I'm, I, I want to get into this because, and I don't want to bury the lead. I think I want to just go right out and say, um, my memory of what this film is and what this actual film was was very different. <laughs> and and okay. not only does it feel like when I walked in and I selected this film, did I not only feel like I was selecting such a great Halloween film, I thought that I was selecting probably like one of my top top five films that feel like Halloween to me, that make me think Halloween, that make me 
that feel like they just reek of Halloween. And then in watching mm-hmm. it, I was like, do they even mention that this is set around Halloween? It outside doesn't of like, exist. I know outside of four or five pumpkins, is there any like Halloween at all really around it? And and I think that what I wanted to talk about, because we're talking about Halloween jamborees, mm-hmm. and I wrestle with that because it's it's a celebration of Halloween. And in my mind, since probably Halloween was a thing to me, Ichabod Crane and Sleepy Hollow was just a natural part of Halloween. And after watching this film, I was like, well, why is that? That This film doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like it's Halloween. I mean, it is, you can definitely tell the, the, the relationship, the Halloween-adjacent aspects of it, but not mm-hmm. the, the purely Halloween aesthetic and feel that I thought that it was in my memory. And it sent me down an absolute wormhole of just going back and being like, okay, as a kid, I remember watching Ichabod Crane at school, the Disney version, and mm-hmm. reading the books, and they had the Halloween party in the Disney film. It was, mm-hmm. it was all set around a Halloween party. The Harvest and I, uh, Festival. Yeah. And then I got deeper into the, to the, to the legend of Ichabod Crane and the Sleepy Hollow and realized that this is considered to be one of the very first American ghost stories, and then how mm-hmm. it's based on a German story, but how it just so happens in 1776, a man on Halloween night got, his, got a cannon blew his head off a Hessian soldier's head was blown off by, so he had a headless horseman on Halloween in 1776. And all of a sudden I'm realizing, I'm like, wait, this story and the essence of the story is just, it's a Halloween story that I've been brought up on because of my Jangoistic, I don't know, I don't know. But I just know that for me, this felt so Halloweenish, and watching the film today, I was like, "Wow, there's not even a mention of any of that." So I, I'm I'm interested about us talking about that because what what my memory and what I was putting on this film was far greater of a Halloween jamboree than the film itself. And I wonder if you had the same reaction to it, sitting there going like, "Well, this isn't a Halloween jamboree." I, well, I knew the moment you picked it that it wasn't. I don't know how this ended up in this section. <laughs> I totally get like it is a it is it is. Around this season, I definitely watch this movie. It's a perfect autumn film, and it, it encapsulates autumn in a very great way. So does the story. But as like you know, uh, this this movie takes place in 1799, and Halloween as we know it doesn't really yeah. start happening in America until half a century, almost half a century later. Yeah. Um, yeah. The closest thing you get is like it is. It is autumn. The movie is set in autumn. And you do have, you know, Tim Burton has these like uh, scarecrows with uh, jack-o'-lantern heads. And there are some jack-o'-lanterns at the party. But like, yeah, you're right. There really isn't. I mean, Halloween doesn't exist in this film. Yeah. Well, Washington Irving actually wrote it with jack-o'-lanterns, too. So it's like, um, right? I mean, his original story had. had... Well, his story happens. His his story happens. he wrote it in a. He didn't write it in 1799. He wrote it closer to. I think what was the 1830. Is that when he wrote it? I think. I'm. I'm. I don't know the exact date. I'm, I can look it up, but I don't know the exact date. Marika, thoughts? No idea. Um, no idea on the exact date. I mean. No, but 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 what what, what no what, no more so what what Mickey was saying. I mean, <sighs> did this did this story feel like it was a Halloween story before you watched it? Because it felt like. I mean, I've seen it before and it just still i i connect it in a way that i mean listen 
it starts and there's this giant jack-o'-lantern with a there a giant scarecrow with a jack-o'-lantern head that's like in the first three minutes of the film so as soon as you put a jack-o'-lantern in a film i'm gonna i'm gonna flag it i'm gonna be like ah halloween movie <laughs> Because I'm, I tend to be very generous because anything I can shove into that category, I'm happy to. And then there are when, you know, Ichabod Crane comes into the Van Tassel's house, there's jack-o'-lanterns everywhere and there's a party. Again, probably more of a harvest festival or whatever. Yeah. Now, does it ever actually talk about Halloween? No. Does it absolutely feel like the perfect Halloween season? Absolutely. Do I put it on every halloween season absolutely so is it a celebration of how like is it a is it a very halloweeny movie no do i forgive it because it's just so delightfully creepy and and halloweeny in in its mood yes so i'm kind of, of on both sides of the thing like there's not overt halloween decorations throughout but i don't know i'd give it a pass i'd give it like a a special pass. I, I appreciate that, what Marika's saying, because I feel like outside of the actual just purely like start-to-finish story that, that Tim Burton created, Ichabod Crane and Sleepy Hollow, to me, are as Halloween as, like, say, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge and the Christmas Carol is Christmassy. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. But I didn't know if that was like, after watching this film, I was like, wait, am I the only person who feels this way? Is East mm -mm. Texas a weird place where you just grow up watching Sleepy Hollow every Halloween? Or I don't think I so. Know. No, you're, it, it wasn't, it's only in the context of, of like picking a movie that specifically celebrates right. Halloween itself that you run into an issue. Outside of that, this is, this is definitely a, like the atmosphere it's atmospheric with right. its Halloween feel of, of autumn because, you know, Halloween is more than just jack-o'-lanterns and, and um, uh, trick-or-treating, right. right? Halloween is like every – it's the season itself. Fall is such a short, beautiful season that is, is to me, half of why I enjoy Halloween to begin with is just because of the season itself. Now, okay, so here's, here's what I would also bring – also bring up another example and this is why we love tim burton but beetlejuice is not a halloween movie it's not like a celebration of halloween right but that movie is 100 percent a halloween season movie there is like not for me not for me oh actually. my god i understand I will, if i'm if i'm carving pumpkins I'm watching Beetlejuice. Like those two things go hand in hand. I hear you. They gotta well, continue. Well, so no, no, continue, Marika. Why can you get specific? Why specifically is Beetlejuice like something you're like? This is a Halloween movie. I want. I want to mine this a little bit. I feel like we're going to talk about Beetlejuice at length later on, but I think that again, it's in the ambiance that it creates, the kind of like wacky characters that could absolutely be conceptualized as halloween costumes you know like the weird stop motion faces and you know juno with her, like i don't know everyone feels like a halloween costume in that movie yeah I hear you. and that's why i love it because yeah i think that's 
that's where I get my, and I mean, it's Beetlejuice. It's dark and it's, you know, it's definitely dark humor. Yeah, Beetlejuice is great. Like early Tim Burton to me is very, very. Oh, yeah. I, actually, I feel like Sleepy Hollow might be one of the last like Tim Burton. Greats. Oh, it's the last one. Ed Wood, Sleepy Hollow, and then it's done. Big Fish is good. Big Fish is Big, amazing. Big Fish is good. I love Big Fish. Big Fish is, is is really good, but this is, for me, Sleepy Hollow is the last time he's really good. Yeah. Like, authentically dark, I think. Yes. And not going crazy with, like, budget and, like, CGI yeah. and, like, this is also when I, you know, this is in the period of Johnny Depp when he's, like, so good. he's yeah. amazing. He's so good in everything. Yeah. He is like the anti Hollywood movie yeah. star. It's weird. It's weird to think that that when this comes out, everything they're doing is so subversive and anti pop culture. Yeah. And it, it, you know, he he is hilarious in so this good. movie. This movie, when it's funny, it is absolutely Great. hysterical. Great. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely good. hysterical. Absolutely. So goddamn! I wish it was more like that mm -hmm. throughout it. Actually, when, when when they hit the camp, they hit the camp right, and so it yeah. doesn't feel like it's it's like it doesn't feel too heavy handed. So I do, I do. Yeah, it's so yeah. It, they could have leaned into that a little bit more. Yeah, he's so he's when he's like when he sees the spider <laughs> and he's like, kill it, kill it, no, stun it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's just a spider, like it's under the bed. He's like, you, no, you do it, you do it, you must, not me. <laughs> you know, you don't understand. It's a, it's a horseman, <laughs> headless. <laughs> That's my headless. favorite scene. He's like, no, no, you must believe me. It was a, a horseman, a dead one, headless. I know, I know. You don't know because you weren't there. It's all true. Of course, it's true. I told you. Everyone told you. I saw him, and then he just kept, then I, I rewound that four times. Yeah. To watch it yeah, over and over again. Definitely That's definitely a highlight scene in the movie. The, the comedic timing is great. Yeah. And then the uh, you must never move the body. Why not? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just it needs it. It like it, the movie has three tones, right? It has the it has that tone, right? And then it has the horror tone, mm -hmm. which it hits right nail on the head. Mm -hmm. And then it has the Tom Stoppard, Christina Ricci, Johnny Depp scenes, which are good, but kind of like. For me, and I still love this movie, but for me, it kind of like drags the movie down, um, the pacing of it and like makes the it's like two. It's just two. It's three different extremes that don't fit all together for me. I love Christina Ricci. I love Christina You're Ricci. better. Underutilized in this movie. Mm -hmm. I think that Christina Ricci and the marriage of Tim Burton should be magic. I think that the marriage of Christina Ricci and Tim Burton fell flat to be honest i think you know it would have been better with winona Ryder. N nothing against christina ricci but like she was considered for that role by the way yeah she was and she would have been a good fit and but uh you know christina ricci was like 19 at the time and johnny depp's like 35 which time period it works it's appropriate time period appropriate it works but it's like i just don't buy their chemistry i just yeah. feel like that character was kind of underwritten like they could have done so much more with her where they just kind of like oh she's i mean she's an accessory 
in this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, she like pops in. There's things that are useful, but like they definitely could have developed her more and made her more interesting. And like the fact that they developed the stepmother. Oh, she's great. Like they were able to develop the mm-hmm. women. Miranda Richardson. And she's a fantastic character. She's a fantastic actor. But like her character has depth. Whereas Christina Ricci is just like, oh, I'm the daughter of, and I happen to live in this house, and I'm beautiful. <laughs> Which is a shame, because we know that she's able to do so much more. I think she's coming off of an Oscar nomination or win Yeah, with this. Yeah, right? Yeah, I can't remember. Was it Mermaids? Was it, I don't, well, I don't, Mermaids, I don't know. She was, I think, younger, actually. I think, that, I think Mermaids was quite a bit before that. She's coming with some heat on this movie. I mean, would this have been around the Buffalo 66 era, or no? I think Buffalo sixty six is probably around this era, but like this guy, I think this is this is pre uh, 90... 99. Uh, hold on, mermaids had to be earlier because Winona Ryder. Was... Oh yeah, she's a kid. Uh, well, she'd won a bunch of stuff for Buffalo sixty six. Oh wow, I didn't even realize that they play sisters mm-hmm. in mermaids. Yeah, and they're both like Tim Tim Burton muses in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. You were saying American, but she was never. I don't think she was ever nominated for an Oscar. I thought she was. No, she wasn't. I was wrong. Maybe an Emmy. She was nominated for a bunch of other stuff, but and she'd also just done the opposite of sex, which I've not seen in a very long time, but I remember loving. Anyway, regardless, we can all agree that she's a fantastic actress. She's, and... she's fantastic. I didn't think that this this gave her a lot to do. Here, here's something crazy. I think. Mickey, and Mickey. I think you and I went and saw her in Pumpkin oh. when we were living in New York and in acting school, right? We did. Aww. Yes, I thought about Isn't that, that. Crazy. I thought about that a couple of times when watching her. Nice. I was like, she was so good in Pumpkin, and also yeah. she was she was playing in Pumpkin something similar. She's playing in Sleepy Hollow in Pumpkin. She was like the sorority girl, and she was like, mm-hmm. you know, being a little less of the dark, like Christina Ricci, which is actually the one I like. I like the goth, like. I'm over it. Wednesday, yeah. Adams. She is so good as She's Wednesday. wonderful. Wonderful as Wednesday. But but just her being more like, like her tougher exterior side. Colder, yeah. Have you guys seen, and we're getting off track, but whatever. Uh, have you guys seen the movie Black Snake Moan? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She's great in that. I actually auditioned for that. What? I auditioned for a character in that. Did you really? Yes. I was living in Jonesboro, Arkansas, 45 minutes from Memphis. I drove up. Because uh, uh, Brewer, the guy who directs it, is a Memphis native, and he wanted to audition people from the area. So I auditioned for a character, a football player, uh, one of the ones that actually assaults her. Uh, I auditioned for that when I lived in Arkansas. No way. You would have been a way better Justin, uh, the, the Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. Thanks. Thank you. I agree. He's, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan. He's got a great team. They've casted him in some amazing things. I don't know how he gets them. Very talented guy when it comes to the singing and dancing, but not so much for the acting. For me, no. Uh, you would have been much better in the role. Personally. Thank you. I mean, he's the weak point in that film, but that film, ever, uh, super underrated. If you have not seen Black Snake Moan, you have to Go see that see movie. It. Yeah. Fucking Samuel Jackson. So uh, anyways, let's talk about Sleepy Hollow. Now, to bring it back to the candy of Halloween, um, here's my first, second thought on this beverage. The hole in a Twizzler is like, Probably an eighth of the whole of a straw. So sucking this beverage through the Twizzler is proving to be quite the challenge. And I'm spending a lot more time than I would like to be sucking through a Twizzler to get any of this drink in my mouth. 
Um, Mickey, Mickey, shut up, Mickey. Don't I'm going to leave anything. that one. I'm going to leave that one to the Instagram crowd. Guys, weigh in. <laughs> say whatever you want. <laughs> you left that wide open. Take your shots. Um, so back to the film, talking about uh, things that uh, didn't suck. Um, uh, <laughs> hey. I'll tell you one thing I loved about this film. Nice. I, do, I do love the aesthetic of it. I think that the, that I I think that it yes. makes me feel like I don't know about you guys. I, I watch this thing. Do you watch it at night or during the day? I mean, I watched it in the basement, so at that point, it doesn't really matter when I watch it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, got it. Got it. <laughs> I. I unfortunately had to watch it like around uh, it wasn't it was like sun was setting, but it wasn't dark yet. It's, it's you know what great, I mean? Great. This is definitely night. Night time's the time to watch. Dusky. But the but the setting of it was great. Uh, you guys talking about Blaze and Sleepy Hollow and stuff like that around Halloween. Definitely. Uh, like I immediately yeah. felt nostalgic Fairy for town. Halloween watching it. And which led to like the whole thing I wanted to jump right out with, which is like, I was really confused by this film. Cause I, I feel like like sexually, sexually confused because Johnny right. Depp is so oh my God. Fucking beautiful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Casper, Casper Van Diem is really sexy. <laughs> Cause Christopher Walken, when I see those teeth and they're sharp like that, I don't know what it does for you, but you know what it does for me. Mm, <laughs> see the way he kissed that lady? That's a serious kiss. He goes, <laughs> I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that later. It ain't, it ain't um, love if you ain't bleeding. <laughs> but I also do want to talk about, like, I think if Johnny Depp around this time had uh, been uh, wanting to, to, like, be with me or do something to me, I think I would just had to have done it. Like I'm, I'm not. I, I, I sexually, you mean? Sexually, sexually or emotionally, anything. Like he's just like there's right. something. There's down. there's something there that makes me like question question things about my sexuality and like sexuality is a spectrum and like he hits things that are like okay I think I you know I'm gonna you know I, you gotta you gotta experiment you gotta try things out. Yeah. Jesus Murphy, um, Johnny Depp bewitched me no but see i feel like this was again like we were saying this is kind of the pinnacle in our opinion of of tim burton in in his most tim burton-esque-ness yes this this or ed wood like... or ed wood i think ed wood fits that ed wood was before more. yes ed wood is before and i think yeah, but I feel there. like Sleepy Hollow is still very tim burton oh absolutely i, just, I don't know i just i anyway I, I, then there's like a uh, slippery slope after that because yeah, I think I, the I think next thing was... he did was like Planet of the Apes. He did Planet of the Apes. It, this is something something to understand is like so he does Batman. He does Batman Returns begrudgingly, right? Then he gets to do Mars Attacks. It's amazing, not successful, but it's good. Then he starts working. He starts working on Superman Lives. Which, if you haven't seen the documentary, The Death of Superman Lives, you should Ooh. see it. It's really fucking interesting. This is the Nicolas Cage Superman. Yeah. I've never seen that. You should see this documentary. It would have been a very interesting movie. Um, anyways, that fails. And he worked on that. He was working on that for a while. So he's looking to do something. And he, this comes along, right? And this just like is like perfect for him. Because, you know, his films... The, the the narrative of his films are never really the strong point, right? It's it's his style. It's all, yeah. It's the imagination of Tim Burton. And this just like, you know, outside of Ed Wood, this I think is 
it's his yeah this is like being inside his head this is great this mm-hmm. is this is what he should yeah. this is it hurts my heart that he's not doing more things like this mm-hmm. you know and he's doing these like big budgety cgi monsters i think that the to his credit I, I will say that the thing about sleepy hollow that probably feels like kind of like uh, his his like swan song or his like bow out out of doing that is that thing about the story is that it's not a fully fleshed out story it's a really short story that he had to build around so he had to flesh out the story that already existed he doesn't right it's um oh who was it? it's 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 andrew, didn't write a- it. andrew kevin walker who wrote seven this is his this oh. is his adaptation. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Kevin Yeager was originally supposed to direct it. And then, like I said, okay. Tom, Tom Stoppard came in and basically all of the uh, Katrina, Van Tassel and Ichabod scenes. Those are all mm-hmm. like Tom Stoppard. And you can tell because it's like it's very witty and romantic yeah. and it's a very, very different tone from the rest of the film. Well, then let me just by saying that, what I mean is that he wasn't taking over like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, a very well-established. yes story that now he has to you know planet of the apes a very well-established story that he now has to redress it was like it was, like i feel like later on in life he's just coming up and doing like almost like the store's already been built you're just doing the window dressing so even though the window dressing may be amazing the store itself is just no good and i think that he's getting pigeonholed into a lot of that i mean yeah i guess but he's doing it by choice it's not like he's getting pigeonholed but he's, like you say that and that, choosing to do that so i'm just checking out his his filmography and so he does Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Edward, Mars Attacks, Sleepy Hollow. So Sleepy Hollow is like an adaptation of a story, but like you said, it's a short story that was like developed into a film. Yeah. But then, so you get Big Fish, which right. is another original story. It might have been based on a novel, I think. No, it's a novel. And then, but like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is a remake of a movie. Corpse Bride is, I don't know what that is. Sweeney Todd is a remake of a musical. Alice in Wonderland is a remake. Mm-hmm. Dark Shadows is a readaptation of a TV show. Frank and Weenie is a remake of one of his previous movie. Mm-hmm. Like Dumbo, I mean, there's Big Eyes, Miss Peregrine. Dumbo is a remake. Now he's working on Beetlejuice 2, which is a sequel. And it's like, well, wait a minute. There's like, that's like, and I think that that's what's, you know. That kind of sucks is that the, the earlier stuff that he did was really original, came from his mind, was super messed up, and someone gave him money to do it. And it's the stuff that we love. It's Beetlejuice. It's Mars Attacks. It's all that jazz. Not the movie All That Jazz, but yeah, Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> Scissor and then, as but then, like, I don't know if it's because the source material dried up, but I don't think so because I've seen, like, his artwork and his other, like, I have a book of all his artwork and there's plenty of stuff there that he could have developed into other projects. But he's just kind of fallen into this, like, oh, I'm going to redo, I'm going to redo, I'm going to readapt, I'm going to, and, like, I mean, I mean, you know, I think that that happens a lot. I I kind of refuse to believe that he's not got anything left in him. I don't know. I feel like Beetlejuice 2 is going to be the, the, the is going to be like I, the can test. I, I have a That's going to make or break it for me. Did you think that we were starting to slip into Beetlejuice 2 when Christina Ricci steps out of the stagecoach at the end of Sleepy Hollow? I was like, were stripes in fashion back then? But what's your what's your theory, Michelangelo? Go on. So if if you see the documentary, The Death of Superman Lives, uh, you you the the director of the film who uh, passed away, unfortunately, but he uh, he he's a great writer. Um, and director 
he sits, he gets to sit down with Tim Burton and he talks to what's, what's really interesting about that film, the death of Superman lives is you think it's going to be a movie that like makes fun of this ridiculous thing that could have happened, but that's not what it's about. And you he sits down with Tim Burton and I get, I get the feeling that Tim Burton is like, he kind of feel like my what I get from it is that he's a victim of his own success. He mm. he it's like whenever he tries to do the thing he really wants to do, it's it, like other than Sleepy Hollow that I think it's the first time it was like a success. Right. Ed Wood, not a critical acclaim, but financial. Mm-hmm. not It was a bomb. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like his passion projects aren't successful. But then he does these ridiculous big budget things and they're they pull in all this money. So it it it, it feels like he's yeah. this like tortured artist with a chip on his shoulder, but like ridiculously wildly successful at the same time. So it's like it's yeah. like, is the well dry or is he just like like Johnny Depp eventually becomes just like starts to play the role that they want him to play. Yeah. You know, it's just like, okay, yeah. I'll feed into the, you know, although I, I'd say it, Tim Burton comes out of it less scathed than Johnny Depp eventually. Oh, becomes, for sure. Yeah. Which like, yeah. like Pi- Pirates of the Caribbean marks like the, his descent, yeah. right? Oof. Everything before then, everything before then is brilliant. And then everything after then is with that movie, the Which first really, one, it, the first one was great. He's great in the first one. He's he's great in the first one. I don't think it deserves a fucking Oscar nomination, but uh, the first one's you know it's very entertaining, but it's a marker, right? I thought it was like, oh, okay, he did the big budget thing. He's got kids. He's making some money. He's gonna go back to the way things were before, and he doesn't, and he keeps doing stuff. And I, yeah. I don't remember which pirate movie it was because I didn't really watch any of them. Uh, uh, after that but there's one where they they like they have him and they do the 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 cgi young face thing right where it's like it's him younger oh yeah and it's like there there was something very perverse and interesting about that moment in one of those films because he he was like i'm never gonna do a big budget movie i'm not that kind of actor i'm not gonna do that right then he eventually goes over to that way and then disney is like oh you said uh, you said you were too good for this. So what we're going to do is we're going to like, you know, turn back the clock. We're going to turn back time and take you at that age when you were Mr. Anti-Movie Star, not going to be in a big budget film. And we're going to make it happen because you've yeah. sold your soul to Disney. Um, Michelangelo <laughs> obviously has some really deep-seated feelings about Johnny Depp. I did not I know. I did a, not know was, I was uncovering this by doing Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> he was such a, he was such a hero of mine, and this is one of my this and Ed Wood are my probably my two favorite performances by him. Other than like you know the really uh, interesting stuff like um, um, uh, uh, the Sea Inside, or no, not the Sea Inside. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sea inside, and uh, um, am I right? Benny and June. Wasn't Benny and June's oh, great. Benny and June is great. He was great. <laughs> the man who cried. The man who cried. Mm-hmm. Um, Cry baby. That was great. <laughs> Cry baby's great. 
No, I feel like I feel like after his like it's funny. Like you said, he did Twenty One Jump Street, and he's like, "No, I'm not going to be a movie star. We're not going to be your pretty boy." And then he he made that was a great career choice because he's able to do all these other things, and he was able to do all of that early on in his career. And then I don't know. It's and you know, like the the whole Tim Burton Johnny Depp pairing is now just a parody of itself. And anytime yeah. they announce, like, oh, you know, Tim Burton's doing a thing with Johnny Depp in it, and you're like, ugh. Yeah, obviously. And, like, it, it makes me so sad because he's fucking Edward Scissorhands. And he, do you know what I mean? Like, there's a brilliant actor there. There's something that, like, is there is, and it's like, there's something that's, like, fundamental to, I think, you know, who I am as far as cinema goes as far as like the kind of aesthetics goes as the kind of movies i like goes and the fact that they've just kind of beaten that horse to a pulp yeah <laughs> is just kind and again it's like it's the budgets and like but i think you put your finger on it where it's like it's a you know a victim of your own success where and it's hard to turn down a hundred million dollar contract like how are you going to do that again you have kids yeah. you own an island you have a house in downtown london whatever like you have to keep that going, but I feel like I feel like I would love for Tim Burton to do like a a three million dollar film. Like someone just goes, yeah, like an A twenty four horror film. You know what I mean? Like just give like no pressure. Do it under like someone else's name. Give it a fake. Like I don't know. I, I that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like there's more in him, but then the problem is that the more money there is the more pressure you get from the studio to make certain decisions, to make certain casting decisions, to to work with certain people. And I think that that's, I would suspect that that's largely what's going on. Because if you're going to be given $200 million to make a film, the studio is going to go, yeah, okay, but you're, deal you're doing it with this actor and you're doing it with this writer. And if he goes, oh, I had this great wacky idea, they're going to go like, I don't know how that's going to test with audiences. You can't do that. And, the reality is that n like not all directors have the freedom to do what they want and like i know that the illusion is that like oh you're a director it's your vision you do whatever you want that is not the reality there are some directors who can negotiate that kind of freedom and even then there's a lot of compromise that's going on and i think that that's what people don't understand because you're like oh it's tim burton oh it's steven spielberg oh it's you know they do whatever they want. They don't. Especially not when there's like $600 million on the line. <laughs> like however many million dollars. You know what I mean? Projected like... income from it, yeah. Yeah, now I will also say that with that being said, Marika, and, and you know, I, I completely agree with what you're saying, so I'm not disagreeing. I just want to put it like on surface, like, like on the face of what it actually is. It's like he can, just like Steven Spielberg, you know, like financing himself, Schindler's List. I mean, Tim Burton doesn't have to, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like he can't, he is, he is able to do a $3 million film. Hey, guess what? Directors that make a fortune do it all the time. You sure. know, they make their passion Look projects. At David Lynch. David Lynch is a perfect example of like, guy does not compromise on his art. Yeah. You know? I mean, he, he may be a victim sure. of his own success, but it's also, it's like, he's a victim to himself, not to necessarily like, it's like, he's not, he's may not be the victim. He's also the. God, you're such a victim blaming victim blamer yeah but but when you're a victim of yourself then it's like then what are you you know i i think Mar marika and i in particular 
I don't know about you. I, I think you're a little, it's less personal for you, Mickey, but I think like, like Tim Burton and, and for me also Johnny Depp, I don't know about, I'm not, I can't speak for Marika, uh, but I know for a fact that Tim Burton was like a very, a very special thing in your life at one point. Yeah. And that you yeah. loved him outside of just his films you were a fan of his art and yeah. like the you know you had uh his books and and, and things like that like of course i do so, so to love to love somebody like that so hard wholeheartedly and then to see the reality of what happens it's 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 kind yeah. of like you know it's like those those soul crushing growing mm-hmm. up moments in your life yeah i don't even go i i haven't seen his last three movies, which is like terrible because it, too. it used to be something that I was so passionate and enthusiastic about and to like lose that thing. And I feel like it's the same thing for like, if it's musical acts or actors, we're like having that thing where you're like, Oh my God, a Christina Ricci movie. I gotta go see that. Like there's something it's exciting. It's fun. And then like discovering a new piece of work and it might not be your cup of tea, but you went to see something enthusiastically and to not have that when Tim Burton stuff comes out. Like I saw the trailer for Dumbo and I was like, I'm not going to go see that. And to be not enthusiastic about the one director that like, he's the reason that I understood like what, and this is going to sound dumb, but like, that I understood what directing a movie was. Cause I, I had all these movies that I really loved as a kid. So like Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, Mars Attacks. And then one day I realized, and this is when we were in school together. So I was like 18 or 19. And I realized like, oh wait, <laughs> this is all made by the same person. And so it like, cause I think when you're, I don't know, this is another era as well you like you would be like oh i love leonardo dicaprio movies or i love you know you it was very actor focused and i think some people are still very actor focused like oh i love brad pitt movies and it was like well you might like brad pitt movies directed by (laughs) because like he's not writing it he's not directing it and so i kind of made that connection i was like oh wait a director is a thing (laughs) like i really like this guy and then that's faded. And I find like, I, it's, it is really disappointing to like not be passionate and obsessive about that thing. Cause I do like being passionate and obsessive about things. Like it's kind of fun. <laughs> Obviously Tim Burton is somebody that I admire and he's done a great job. And, you know, I'll say this about Scorsese. I'll say it about, you know, I mean, Tim Burton, uh, Lynch, I'll say it about like all the, the greats, the guys that, you know, inspired me to do what I do. Um, I don't believe in the, the idea of an auteur. I don't think it's an actual reality. I think that that somebody did a what? An, an, like an auteur, like somebody that is just like, they oh. did it yeah. in their hands. It'll be brilliant. I feel like that's marketing. And I think that that's, we're all yeah. marketed to that way to believe that this person is a genius and they can do yeah. no foul. And I think that that's wrong. I think that Tim Burton struck on something that was beautiful, aesthetically pleasing and awesome. And then they were like, keep doing your thing keep doing what we told you to do. This is what selling yeah. hotcakes because we can market this. We can market you. And we are, yeah. we are unfortunately the people who imbibe in that and go like, yes, more of that, more of that. And this creative yeah. person like Ed Wood, I'm telling you right now, Ed Wood is extremely Phenomenal. different, but extremely so different than Sleepy Hollow. I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's more in line to Mars Attacks. 
you know, but but I'm just saying it's like it's like aesthetically speaking, like and the way he went about Ed Wood, it's very different than the way he went about Sleepy Hollow. Oh yeah. Ed Wood, Ed Wood is him stretching himself into something new, working with two writers who wrote a phenomenal script and creating not doing he's not doing a Tim Burton film. You see it in Big Fish in in the in the uh sort of like scenes with Billy Crudup when he's doing like regular stuff. But like in Ed Wood, he's not doing a Tim Wait, Burton he's in film. That? He's, oh, he plays the Oh, yeah, he's son. great. Great in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's great in it. Uh and it's it's probably the only film where you will you'll see like Tim Burton shooting like regular life. Yeah. Not yeah. His, yeah. his version of it. But but Ed Wood is Tim Burton's making a film in the way that Ed Wood would do would have it made a film. through right. his prism, yes. right? Yes. So it's like, it's that, it's, it's an it's, homage. And by the way, this movie does start out with uh, uh, Boris Karloff via Martin Landau as uh, Peter Van Garrett, right? Loved it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, so, and like, oh my God, Christopher Lee, I was like, oh, that voice, it's so good. The wings in the background, how he got that shot. Perfect. Perfect framing. Now, okay, now wait. I do want to talk about something, though, because you brought up the Van Garretts. Um, can we just quickly talk about how uh, confusing and <laughs> messy and, like, ugh, the whole plot <laughs> of this movie is? <laughs> I don't think it's confusing and messy. I thought I thought it was I thought it was a little confusing when I saw it when I was a kid, but I've seen it so many times that it it makes complete no, and utter see, sense. This to is me. the thing. I started watching it again this time, and I was like, "Oh yeah, why? Why is the? Oh right, there's like a there's a thing. The will with the will, and then yep. like yep. people, but like." And I watched it again. I was like, right. The, right. But like, if you had asked me before I watched the movie, since I watched it like last Halloween season, like, what is the plot for me to explain to you that like, there's a woman who married a man and then like the whole will thing and the whole having to kill like 28 people to get the inheritance. I love it. And then like, it's so convoluted for real. It will... It's so honestly, I feel like they could have, they, I get what they were trying to do. They could have made it cleaner. Cause there's a lot of discussions where he's like, Oh yes, but the Ventessels. And then I, Oh my God. It like, it was just, it was unnecessarily this complicated. This is a classic Hammer film plot. Did you say Hammer? Yes. Hammer film. This is a classic Hammer film cl- plot. It's, I know. It, it, it is a bit complicated. But, it you is. know, murdering people is a complicated business. It's not such an easy one, two, three. But, I mean, in, in regular times, but then you're adding the whole, you know... Or the Hessian from from Beyond the Grave. No, no, no. I know, I know what he was going for. I personally think that they could have done it more elegantly. Personal opinion. Fight me on it. The Hessian is crucial to the fable, to the folklore, the folklore of Ichabod well, yes. Crane. Well, yes, that so, yes. So I just want to make sure that I make that very clear to people because so many people, so a lot of people will say that this is a German folklore that was then taken by Americans and made an American folklore, but no. In in 1776, the the year in which we declared our independence, there was a headless horseman on Halloween in real life, a Hessian soldier in upstate New Go York. I mean, this is like 
Yeah, I Agreed. just want to make I'm, sure that's clear. All right. Because that wasn't just um, shoehorned in. I'm here for it. it I'm speaking, just saying. I'm just it's, saying. It's a part of the legend. Speaking of the Headless okay, Horseman. Speaking of the Headless Horseman. Did you not? This is this came out before the before Instagram and social media. So, like, I did not know Christopher Walken was in this film. And I did <laughs> not know that he was the Headless Horseman. And I lost my fucking mind. When I was like a sophomore in high school <laughs> and I saw that Christopher fucking Walken was the headless, was the headless horseman. horseman. I thought it and this is this is before all the SNL stuff. This is before like this is when his career is in the pits. This is before before he becomes before before Fat Boy Slam. Before Fat Boy Slam? I was gonna ask. Cause that was Oh, I need to watch that again. This is before his reinsurgence. This is like his career is in the dumps. Right? right, he did Batman Returns with with uh, Burton before, but like his career's not in a good oh, place. Yeah. And he does this, and it's just so perfect. He is perfect, and and Ray Park as well as the actual headless horseman doing doing all the stunts. Christopher Lee, Ray Park, and who's the other one? The other actor, I can't think of his name right now. Well, you got you got Richard Griffiths, you got Ian McDermott, you got Michael Go, you got uh, Mark. Eckering, Jeffrey Jones, the pedophile. <laughs> or Michelangelo, Michelangelo. All three were Sith yeah. Lords in Star Wars. Ray Park. Christopher Lee. And I can't think of the other guy. They were all three. One was well, Emperor Palpatine. Ian, Ian McDermott. Dermot. I'm saying his name right, but Dr. Thomas Lancaster, he plays the Emperor. Yeah. Yeah, Emperor Palpatine. So it's like you got three guys that were all, sorry, I, that's nerdy. Okay, we're, again, we got on Star Wars somehow talking, yeah. We're all, we own a video store. Hold on. Shout out to Alfred. Are you going to not mention that Alfred is in this movie with his weird wonky eye? James Hardenbrook. God, delightful. Seen is believing. Delightful. I mean, this mm -hmm. cast is sick. The, no, the cast is amazing, yeah. All of the uh, exposition scenes with the, with the, uh, the townsmen are just so fucking good. They're all so good. There's such a great buildup of tension. Again, this movie, like, it has its flaws, but so good. When he walks in the first time and they're like, oh, mm. yeah. like, it's just, you can feel that there's something bubbling there. And it's just so delightful. I love it. I know. Everyone told you. I feel like, I feel like I've, I'd seen it before, but it was like I was seeing it for the first time when, uh, Whoever it is is in like the watchtower and he's looking out into the woods. Massive. Yeah. And then there's like there's like the the torches and then like the the cloud comes in. I feel like and to be fair, I've probably seen this movie yeah. at least 50 times. Me too. It was More. the first time I noticed the fact that like the the clouds come out and like pinch the lights, like the torches like they turn them off oh really I always, I always thought i don't know i don't know like i saw it and i was like oh that's so cool and maybe i've seen it before but i was just in a state of mind where i was like yeah that's amazing it's so neat i don't know there's just so much neat stuff did you notice when the when uh when he goes to kill the killian family um uh in the fire that's the is that the 
Is that the the, uh, the husband wife, the midwife, the, the midwife and the son? The midwife, yeah. Okay. When he, mm-hmm. Right before he busts in, the fire flames behind um, uh, Mr. Killian, the guy. He's in the Last of the Mohicans, by the way. Um, uh, he's the guy who, like gets set on fire that Daniel Day Lewis shoots and kills. By the way, Daniel Day Lewis up for Ichabod Crane. Yeah, yeah. The studio. Yeah, right. What a different movie it was. It was. Liam Neeson, Daniel Day-Lewis, those were their the period guys yeah. they wanted for the piece. And then yep. Brad Pitt, speaking of Brad Pitt earlier. <laughs> oh, and Yikes. Daniel Day-Lewis is the only one I could see interesting. being a very interesting choice that would have worked. Mm. It's Daniel Day-Lewis. He would have made it work. It would have been very interesting. I would love to see what his take on Ichabod Crane would have been. It would have been really fascinating. You must never move the body. Why? there will be blood they never say that in the movie but (laughs) i thought that that was one really interesting aspect of it is that and okay okay so full disclosure i've never seen the cartoon of sleepy hollow you have never seen what the fuck is wrong that's what we should have done that's required watching that's what we should have done I I have learned oh my from God. my mistake. We are redoing this episode to the cartoon version by Disney of what is it? Ichabod Crane's adventure and what like Mr. Toad or something? You don't even Mr. know what it's thing. called. I think it's the Everyone's Adventures getting... of Ichabod Crane and Mr. Toad. Toad comes first. That's the first thing on the on in the film, right? It's two it's two shorts together. It's two short stories, yeah. Well, two short films because yeah. Their films. Um, I cannot believe that you have not. That blows my. I guess that's the difference between Americans and Canadians. Mickey and I grew up in a time period where you watch like it, you watch that cartoon every Halloween annually. It's, it has, annual. It's, required it's watching. just like the Charlie Brown, uh, 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 the Great Pumpkin, Charlie mm-hmm. Brown. Uh, I don't think like I've ever seen that season. either. <gasps> what? Well, how uh, do you Canadians? This? Damn it, Canadians! Fuck your universal health care and your <laughs> getting vaccinated. Gotta watch. I'm I'm shocked by this. I really am. I figured Canadians were a little more advanced. Honestly, I thought you guys were more progressive than this. Actually, it sounds like a regressive, horrible regime you guys have there. I don't think anything is like now. Can we edit Marika out? Can we edit Marika out of this episode? Hey, what do Canadians do in Halloween when they're kids? You just watch the moose's ass. No, we put on our snowsuits, try to fit our Halloween costumes over the snowsuits. <laughs> now, you do have to understand, I don't know how it was when you guys were kids, but like when, when I was a kid, and my mom used to make my Halloween costumes, but she would have to make costumes and have like a contingency plan of like, what if we have to wear snowsuits? under the halloween costume so all the halloween costumes were made with like elastic uh ankles and elastic waists and like everything was elastic so that if it was cold because it often snows on halloween here um halloween costumes were made in terms of like can you fit a halloween costume or a, a, a snowsuit under it and like can you wear it with winter boots so give me an example. Give me an example of a Halloween costume that fits over your your winter. Well, I mean, you I mean, it's anything, right? Like so my mom made me a clown costume one year and it was 
all elastic, so I could wear it normally, but then I could also fit a hollow or a, a snowsuit under it. No, please. There are no photos of that one. If that's what you're gonna ask, um, or like I remember one year I decided, and this is very un PC now, but I decided that I wanted to be a gypsy for Halloween, and like this was back in like 1993, so I didn't even know what a gypsy was. <laughs> to be fair, I was like, I think I was thinking like, um, what do you call that? Like a uh, uh, not a mind reader. What do you call those? A psychic. Yeah, like a psychic. I was like, I want the big earrings and I want like a frilly dress. And so I had like a big skirt that I found in our costume box and I had like my snow pants under it. And then <laughs> <laughs> I had my snow jacket with like a, a giant tank top over it, <laughs> like fit over it. <laughs> so yeah, Canadian Halloween costumes are definitely a whole other category. Yeah of things or like or like as as i got older and then i started like answering like giving out halloween candy you see a lot of kids with like whose parents clearly don't know any better and so they have the halloween costume and they come to your door with like the coat over it and so they'll come to the, your door and then you open the door and they unzip their their coat and they open their coat and they flash you your their halloween costume and they're like I'm Superman, and they close their coat, and then they ask for candy. It's adorable. <laughs> yeah, Halloween in Canada. Yeah, that's great. Okay, but this all started <laughs> by me saying, now, if I'm not mistaken, originally, because I, I, I've heard things, but I know that, like, in the animated movie, Ichabod Crane is, like, a school teacher. Yeah. And so I liked, and so I know that, like, the movie is Sleepy Hollow, Tim Burton, Sleepy Hollow. Very different. The whole idea that, like, he's an investigator or detective or whatever, and he's, like, uncovering, or, like, he's he's in, the, like, the he's at the forefront of scientific progress in terms of... Crime scene investigation, forensics, yes. I love that. Like, it's like when he, when he does the autopsy on the woman... And he comes out and he's all bloody. <laughs> like, what did you do? That's a really funny moment as well. And so that aspect of it, I thought was really, really fun. That color of blood, the hammer, hammer horror red is a very specific color. I love it. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I did like that um, aspect that they decided to write it as like, he's the smarter guy. Well, when he's uh, when he's investigating the 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 decapitated, decapitated guy out on the the dirt road, and he puts yeah. on the glasses, and you see the big eye, <laughs> just like his yeah yeah, and his yeah. his just whole demeanor the whole time while investigating so campy, feels so it's fun. It's that's the fun stuff that you know that's uniquely Tim Burton too. Like it's like a Tim Burton um, if he's gonna even go dark with the horror because there's some great kills in this movie by the way, some brilliant. Oh kills. yeah, but, so good. But he also mixes in a certain balance of humor. That mm -hmm. um, like I think Peter Jackson does it well when he does it well. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that you know uh, even Guillermo uh, del Toro can do it well. But it's like these guys that that don't just deliver you blood and guts and horror and macabre. They're delivering also like the fun of what I think really encapsulates for me the Halloween spirit, which is like it's not it yeah. is it is macabre and I do want to be scared. You take away the fear and the scare, then I don't I don't love it as much. But give me the fear and the scare with the fun. And I am a hundred percent Halloween baby. Yeah. So let's let's real quick. You aren't, but I do want to go around real quick, and I want to get your what is your favorite things about this film? Like like the thing that stands out with you after watching it 
multiple times, obviously, but like Michelangelo, what, what's like your thing that you, your favorite? You may have already touched on it. That's fine. If you said like, I've already touched on it, this is it. Move on. I've already touched on it. The, the, the scene where after he experiences when he actually sees the headless horseman and <laughs> yeah. he's in bed and he's so scared and Michael Gambon, like they're both like, mm -hmm. he is Johnny Depp's doing over the top. Like, like it's all, it's all real. And Michael Gambon's just so flat, yeah. just like, yes. We told you. Everyone told you. Yes, that's why you're here. Like it's <laughs> that is my by far my favorite scene, and then the the spider scene. Uh, and we all know my history of spiders. Yeah, sure. I like that it's like a fucking gigantic tarantula, and I yeah. think they did that because it was like yeah, in like northern New York. <laughs> <laughs> it was it it because it's like okay, it'll show up on film. And like you can actually use like smaller spiders, much harder to the train to be able to do to shoot. Yeah, that. And then I also I have a weird kind of story connected to this from when I was in high school uh, that I would like to tell real quick. Um, so I had an American lit class, and uh, at the time our teacher was very, very, very old, and um, she kind of sounded like Doctor Evil from the Austin Power film, if you've ever seen the Austin Power film. And in, okay. this, in this class, she would show very old, um, uh, you know, those like, those, I forget what it's called, but it's the little slideshow things that they would show in classes back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, the diapositive slides. Yeah. yeah, slides, where it was like you would press record, you press play on a cassette tape, and then you would you would every time you hear the you would turn the slide in the machine, right? Yeah. So she had a Sleepy Hollow. Welcome version. to Greece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she had a Sleepy Hollow version, and there were these two football players in my class, and I was a sophomore, but this the one of the football players was like a senior. So it's Friday, and the movie's coming out, and it's the Halloween season, right? And I remember this this gigantic football player being like, "Yeah, it's Friday. I can't wait. I'm going to see Sleepy Hollow." <laughs> it's like I was like, "Whoa, this guy is really pumped for this Sleepy Hollow." <laughs> he was like, "Tim Burton, yeah." And I was just like, "He he too had very complex feelings he, about yeah, Johnny Depp." He, I guess he did. <laughs> he was. He was like Tim Burton, Johnny Depp. Such <laughs> a weird. This is before before these things are like so ubiquitous. You know, it was yeah. like this was this. They haven't Tim Burton and Johnny Depp haven't proven themselves yet as no. box office success. You know, Edward Scissorhands was was it was a hit, but it wasn't like a gigantic no, box no, office no, no, success no, no. at yeah. this point. Um, it's just such a weird thing that I experienced, and I actually didn't see this. I rented it, um, or or you know what? I don't think I rented it. I think I was working at a Hollywood Video at the time, and I, like I rent, rented it for free. And I watched this in the basement of my parents' house the first time I saw this. I didn't see this in the theater. It's a huge regret. I I saw it in the theater, and and I will tell oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I saw it in the theater, and I'll tell you what. What the coolest thing about it was that I think I went in thinking it was going to have more of the Tim Burton uh, family-friendly, campy, goofy aesthetic. And I was more, like, shocked by, like, this is how... An R, this is an R film. 
Well, like just even like when he slices the body in half, the body like kind of sh- oh yeah sh- comes down. I was, it was, I mean, it wasn't jarring for me. I was like, hell yeah, this is cool. But um, but definitely, I was not. It was not what I expected. I thought this was darker than I'd seen him go. And my experience with Tim Burton had not been this dark yet. So I was very much like, oh man, this is like next level Tim Burton. I have a question for you guys. When I saw this originally, like I didn't like the um detective take on it i didn't like how because i i you know i'm a fan of the story and of the cartoon and um there's actually uh the same year this came out hallmark made a more true to the story version that i highly recommend you watch uh called the legend of sleepy hollow very different than this because it's again it's like ichabod's it's like nerdy school teacher scumbag that's kind of like who ichabod really is um seek it out marika um and the thing i when i saw this originally i was i kind of like didn't like this whole like murder plot like the whole murder mystery of it i didn't like it when i originally saw it but now i really appreciate it because it's like oh they're doing something original with the story what did you guys i guess origin uh, initially feel about that that plot line and then how you feel about it now as it changed well, I, I obviously, um, at the time when I watched it, I had no problem with it. I thought it was really cool. But also, I was of an age where, like, seeing Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci and, like, everybody performing, it's like, obviously, I think they're the coolest people on the face of the earth. So I'm like, yes. Um, as an adult, I have associated the, the two films, the, the cartoon I saw as a kid and the um, movie I saw as a teenager. And I've associated those so closely together that I didn't realize that this didn't have the Halloween party that the cartoon has <laughs> in the beginning. I was like, oh, it's I knew so that you Halloween. didn't know that. I was like, it's so Halloween. Just wait till they see. There's a whole song. They're singing about Halloween. <laughs> you're half you're half a century off, Nikki. You're fucking half a century off with this thing. So close. So close. This is getting this is getting moved in the video store, by oh, the way. I don't know. I mean we'll we'll get there, but I don't know that it is. <laughs> Marika, your thoughts on like the, the the murder plot, how you felt? About I didn't, it. I didn't know the story otherwise, so oh, I just always assumed that. Yeah, was yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that's so, so. So, so, do you still not really understand the story? How it, how it actually goes? What do you mean? Ichabod was well, a school you, teacher. Okay, he's a school teacher. Like, we're not gonna get, we're not gonna get, we're not gonna get into the weeds on this. High but, level, like, you, high so, level. So, no, so. So, oh man, you gotta read the story or at least see the cartoon. And then again, find the Hallmark made this film, and it 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 is a very good adaptation of what the story actually is. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's there is no mystery stuff going on in like the actual okay. legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. It's just about a school teacher. Well then, well then, we'll do we'll do a follow up episode. We'll do like a mini episode where I've yeah. actually seen the cartoon and we can it's talk about fable. the cartoon. It's a fable. It's a because there's no tale. there's it's not a, much sense a... in talking about it now because I haven't seen it. So yeah, and there's one thing that I do want to bring up because I think it's absolutely worth mentioning, and that is both you quickly mentioned the blood, but I think that the special effects and most notably the severed heads in this movie are mm. effing teller. 
They are so spot on. They are so good. They have the right weight. They have the right faces. They're just perfect. So shout out to whoever made those heads. I'm sorry. I don't know who did the effects on this. But yeah, that that is probably one of the things that I think gives it some like really good depth. Not one of my favorite parts, but something that definitely needs a nod is like the pulling of the bark off of the tree when he's chopping into the tree is truly like horror film (laughs) creep. Oh, God, that's so good. So good. I love it how immediately he gets like just squirted right in the face. (laughs) Even though you know it's bark, it's like you're like, that is flesh being pulled. Uh, The sound effects. I think that is like some really great. Um, great imagination, good horror. I think it's good horror. So, absolutely, absolutely. I got, I got a question for you. So, when Walken kisses, uh, or when the headless horseman kisses, um, Miranda Richardson, Lady uh, Mary Van Tassel, uh, yes, uh, Miranda Richardson. Like, do you like? I kind of like. They go to hell together, and it's like she's pretty evil, and he's pretty evil. Like, do you think? There's a love story there. Do you I think do. they're like I absolutely? absolutely. Do. And do you think there's like a sequel where it's like they come back to fucking yeah. just decimate? Jesus. I don't know what that. Yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have gotten that far, but maybe, yeah. Evil babies. I'd watch that. I think it totally runs in line with Tim Burton. I think these are two like, you know, monsters who have found love. And they're going to go be in their monster zone mm-hmm. together, enjoying themselves. And actually, in some ways, if they made a sequel, they'd be the heroes. I think when she's like, when she, when she, he kisses her and she's like, oh, I'm like, you like this. <laughs> not maybe that you like it, but it's just like, I don't know. I feel like she, she just has so much agency throughout it that it's like, uh, are you playing a game here too? Is that what's happening? She's definitely Lady yeah. Mary Van Tassel formerly archer are you guys aware that jeff goldblum also played ichabod crane no uh there was a television version of this where uh uh (laughs) jeff goldblum who i think really perfectly embodies Mm -hmm. ichabod crane while being handsome at the same time because if you if you marika (laughs) you don't know this but like if you read the story Ichabod Crane looks a, a, a particular mm-hmm. way. Big nose. You know, yeah, Johnny Depp wanted yeah, to do and prosthetics, right? And, like, the studio's like, no, you're Johnny Depp. We're looking at your face. Yeah, pretty. Be pretty. Gotta sell tickets. <laughs> but, like, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum is sort of this weird thing where it's like he fits Ichabod to a T, but is yeah. still handsome. The guy makes it work. But in the in the book or in the movie, the cartoon had like the actual curlers and wore the powder. He didn't. He didn't. He like like Johnny Depp definitely feels like he's not a part of that society. Like he's definitely an outsider, like on the fringes. And I feel like Ichabod felt very much a part of the that society. Yeah. Well, he wants to be. That's the whole. To, that's one of the flaws of Ichabod is that he's poor and he wants to be rich. So he's courting Van Tassel. Oh, right. Or Van Tassel. If I marry her. Then I'll be a rich guy, and I like I'll be able to. He's like a very skinny person who loves to eat. Yeah, and he's like yeah. I could eat all the stuff, and I'll own this farmland. And like she's she's yeah. also super hot. Ooh, what honorable motives! Perfect. That's when I looked at Listen. Allie. I was like, she's super hot. She's got a good family. 
You know, I could eat as much as I want. She's got a Jewish mom as her mom, so she'll feed me a lot. Like, that's what I was looking for. It's good reasoning. Yep, cool. Perfect. So where does this belong in the store? Does it belong in Halloween Jamboree, or does it have its own section in a different place where it belongs? Marika. Michelangelo. Mickey. That's all of our names. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... Maybe not Halloween Jamboree, but definitely like the that Halloweeny feeling section. Like, cause it's it's again for me, it's kind of a must if I'm carving pumpkins. It it kind of falls in that like it it just mm -hmm. fits. It just works. I know that it's not like oh, it's Halloween tonight and spooky things are happening, but like it just always fits and I never get tired of it. Cause that's kind of what I'm looking for in a Halloween jamboree, right? Is like something that I can watch every Halloween. It's like good Christmas movies are the Christmas movies you can watch every year. And Sleepy Hollow to me is a Halloween movie I can watch every year. So it it's not a celebration of Halloween, but it fits in like a Halloween adjacent section. That's my opinion. But I don't know. I don't know. We might need to make another section for that. Okay. A whole new section. Or we could just leave it in Halloween Jamboree and be and be done with it and then go to go home early. No, it's not staying. God damn it. It's, it's not staying in the Halloween Jamboree well, section. Of course, of course he, he doesn't. doesn't. Of course no, he won't, Marika. Of course he won't. Okay. First of all, I I own four versions of this film. Oh, you're so cool. Ooh. I own my the DVD I bought, a DVD I acquired that I don't know how I got Laser it. Disc. And then another, and then another DVD that someone was up, they were uh, updating all of their uh, films to Blu-ray at the time. So I took it. And then I own a digital copy of this as well. Um, now cassette tape and audio tape. I don't think this, I don't think this was I'm ever kidding. released. I, go on. In go 99, on. I don't think they were releasing things on VHS. Uh, but if there was a version that I have ever seen, if I saw it, I would definitely buy it because I do have a VHS collection at home. Um, now, where does it go? I, this, to me, does not celebrate Halloween, but it is the personification and a definite must for the uh, autumn season. So this goes into, like, you know, it can go into the atmospheric section. It can go, you know, there's many sections that it can go into. Um, well, what's, what do you give me a look for? I did not. I just don't know the atmospheric section. section. <laughs> it's a new section. It's like right now, Sleepy Hollow is the only. atmosphere. Halloween atmosphere. It's a section. Oh. I've been working on it. I've been working on it. I got a lot of films you meant, like atmosphere. I literally period. leave for, for 30 minutes to take a lunch. And I come back. And he's got a whole new section. There's a Listen, new section. I'm going to have to buy the, the building next door just to. Listen, fulfill Mike's little as sections. long as there is cardboard and sharpies, I can create a new section. And as long as there is, you know, two by fours and plywood lying around, I can nail and screw things All together right. and make shelves. All so, right. Mickey, where where's this going? The Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow. Does not belong in Halloween Jamboree. All right. But the story of Ichabod Crane belongs in the hearts of every Halloween 
celebrator. <laughs> and I'm I, what I mean I to agree. say is is that is that Ichabod Crane is Halloween. The story of Sleepy Hollow is Halloween, but no, Tim Burton's version of Sleepy Hollow does not celebrate Halloween the way in which I wish in my child's mind. I never grew up, people. This is a 13-year-old mind. <laughs> I never grew he has up. A chi- he, has a chi- he has a child's mind. Your wife is like, has a questionable character for marrying you, I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, I will tell you that in my mind, uh, uh, this film had so much more to it that was rich and Halloweeny that just was not actually on film. So I would love to see, and I'm putting this out there to all those great directors out in Hollywood looking for their next big film. Do me a Sleepy Hollow that really leans into like some real Halloween vibes, and uh, and I think you get a win on your hand. So no, I do not think this belongs in Halloween uh, Jamboree, right. but I'm glad that I watched it because it actually does put me in the Halloween spirit. All right. Yes. Uh, I'm here for it. I who agree. do we recommend this to? People. People. Anyone who walks in. Mickey, who do you recommend <laughs> this to? Uh, Tim Burton fans, but they probably already have seen it. I recommend it to, um, uh, like you said, anybody in the Halloween spirit, I would say watch this. But I would also say do a double feature and do the 30-minute cartoon first, or I don't know how long it is. It's about 30 minutes, yeah. Yeah, do that. It's like fun with the kids. And then when the kids are like, we're going to go trick-or-treating, if you're staying back and handing out candy, throw on like the next Sleepy Hollow, because that's more of like a more adult version of this story, and you'll really enjoy it because it will, because you're getting the fun vibes of like the Disney with also like the the great kills and the headless horseman in all of his fury, you know? So I think for me, it is still one I would recommend to Halloween fans, and uh, obviously people who love like a good aesthetic, like Tim Burton. People, Marika recommends it to people. Just all people, or do you have an age limitation on that? Because I would not recommend this to kids <sighs> ten and under. It, it's got some. It's got some. It's scary. rated it's got R. Some core. But it's not scary. In Canada, it's probably rated it's like nine not, U or it's, something. It's, <laughs> I'm gonna go with like my my own personal use of this movie is like it's a perfect like doing Halloweeny stuff while watching a movie movie, especially if you've already seen it. Yes, because that's the thing. It's like if you've Agreed. already seen it, you can kind so of like zone in and out. Yeah. So atmosphere. Yes. Yes. Give the man a sharpie. This is what we said from the very beginning. It seems in my mind to fit so well, but just doesn't when you watch Not it. Not under the guise of celebration of Halloween. No, but it's absolutely Halloween time movie. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to have absolutely. Halloween Jamboree and then like the Ooh. Halloween time movies, which are two different sections. Yeah. <laughs> this goes so- in the Harvest Festival uh, yes. section. Okay. For our two or three listeners, which are probably all family, <laughs> I will just say I'm not telling my family about this. <laughs> that when you're thinking Listen. That when you're thinking about a Halloween jamboree, all right, remember that that this is a celebration of Halloween. And this film, I, I which I agree with all the rest of you, does not fit, even though it was my own pick. I'm agreeing. It's like this is what we're doing, right? We're working through things, we're figuring it out. Well, you are this is like film therapy. <laughs> Marika wants to press a button. Press it. <laughs> Just do it, damn it. Just do it. <laughs> she really likes that button. You know, it's a part. It's now a part of the show. <laughs> um, That's so absurd. <laughs> hey, Marika, what does uh, uh, Mickey's wife say 
every time uh, he gets into bed. <laughs> okay. All right. So awesome. Thanks, guys. Can you say? Can you say something? Like it, say something in French, French about Ichabod Crane and how you've never read no, it. No, I guess I have something. Je suis sûr qu'il y a des versions traduites. Je suis sûr qu'il y a des versions qui existent. J'ai jamais lu l'histoire de Sleepy Hollow. J'ai jamais vu le film animé. Ça faisait pas partie de ma culture. Je savais même pas que ça existait jusqu'à ce que je vérifie aujourd'hui. Écoute, je suis sûr que c'est très bon. J'ai aucune nostalgie. Mais on va voir. Je vais l'écouter et on s'en reparle. Merci. Happy, Happy Halloween! Halloween.